0: This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by UBCP ACTRA, a.k.a. the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television and Radio Artists, the national organization of professional performers working in the English language recorded media in Canada. For more information about UBCP ACTRA, visit ubcpactra.ca. This
1: episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast
0: where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart to the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work, capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Ronnie Furminger, and today I am delighted to welcome Kai Bradbury to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. When I've sat here pondering the work of actor Kai Bradbury, as I ponder the work of all my guests in advance of these interviews, I've thought of three distinctly different roles on three distinctly different shows. The bird-wielding male witch Garrett on Motherland, Fort Salem, who shows up in Fort Salem to participate in Beltane, a ceremony focused on the powerful sexual energy between male and female witches. I think of Nate on The Imperfects, a rogue scientist who lures monsters Abby, Tilda, and Juan into a trap. And I think of Denny on Virgin River, Doc's long lost grandson who comes to town with a number of secrets and possible nefarious motives. Is he an addict? Is he out to con his granddad? Why is he seemingly leading Lizzie on? As I pondered these recent wildly different characters, it struck me that they all traffic in secrets. Garrett lies to Tally. Nate lies to the monsters. Denny lies to everyone in Virgin River. But how and why they lie is different, as is the way in which this deception is portrayed by their very skillful portrayer. Kai's other credits include The Terror, Origami, Altered Carbon, and The Man in the High Castle. He'll soon be seen in the fifth season of Virgin River, as well as the music video for Undecided Minds by friend of the podcast, Amanda Sum. Today, we'll talk art and the art of deception and the art of make-believe with Kai Bradbury. Kai, welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Thank you so much.
1: What a wonderful introduction, as you always give on your wonderful podcast.
0: Yes, you did your um, research. You did your <laughs> research. You told me you listened to a bunch of, of the episodes. What What is your response to that thesis statement? You know, like I, I basically, I... I basically called you a really good liar <laughs> in 250 <laughs> words.
1: <laughs> Listen, I was suppressing laughter the whole time uh, after you mentioned that, because those are prime examples of characters I've played that have lied, but they're not the only
0: ones. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it seems to be a bit of a trend lately. Um and I don't know what that is, but it seems to be a bit of a niche that I found in the uh, too, too nice to be true, too good to be true, turned, mm. turned liar. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Let's it's, sit it's in that really
0: for fun. a little bit. Like what, what yeah. qualities do you think it is about you that makes you, pl- makes you just so believable?
1: <laughs> I mean, a, a lot of people compliment, compliment me on my smile, I guess, and mm. um, you know, I, I, as as everyone does, I strive to be a good person in in all ways that I can. And so, maybe when when someone's looking for someone who's hiding something, um, you know, you don't want a bad liar. You mm-hmm. want you want someone who's going to come across as as uh, super friendly and genuine. Um, so that for the purpose of the story and and for the audience, you get a real big flip um, if there is a reveal.
0: Yeah, it it is. I mean, it hurts. Like I I was telling my daughter, I watched I watched the Imperfects with my daughter. I'm like, oh, I'm having a Nate from the Imperfects on today. And she's like, I hate him. He betrayed them. And she's like, he's so good. Say hi. But, you know, it's like it really it really maybe it is because you look like you're such a nice person and you could play the nice person. And I really get in there with the. I got to say, though, it's really kind of fucked me up to watch the Imperfects first and then watch Virgin River because I kept like waiting for, you know, I'm like, oh, no, he's really bad. Like he's like I'm like, oh, no, he's 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 going to hurt Doc. He's going to hurt Lizzie. He's he's I was like, even when you you said what was actually happening, I'm like, I don't believe him, you know, so I think (laughs) that it's like that. Anyway, how I mean, there's a lot of exciting stuff that's going on for you right now. How would you describe this particular moment in the life and career of Kai Bradbury?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, full of gratitude, first of all. I mean mm.
0: uh,
1: I, I think it's hard to shake feeling like that um that thing a lot of Vancouver actors, I think feel that just like um, owning our our value and our place in the industry and I think we're all just sort of brought up in the business to think, oh, we're so grateful to be here. Um, I don't know, I, I I am so grateful to be here,
0: um, mm.
1: but it has been a journey about owning owning your space mm. and, and growing confidence. And um, otherwise I'm just really enjoying life at the moment. Yeah. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a beautiful balance of of work and travel and friends. So,
0: yeah. Amazing. All right. So we're going to do a little bit of travel. We will do a little bit of time travel. I want to go. I want to get to know who you were when you were, I don't know, just like you in your most distilled, you know, pre-adolescent form, you know, like what kind of a, a kid were you and what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: Uh, I always wanted to be a veterinarian as a kid. Huh. um but you know as as I went through school I realized pretty quickly that I'm not very good with blood <laughs> um yeah. and I'm not very good with I'm not particularly very good at, at um, academics so I never so really so you just excelled. wanted to
0: hug dogs and cats all day long is yeah. that what it is
1: <laughs> well I do have a cat and dog allergy but um okay so, Kai,
0: I- <laughs> so you're allergic to animals don't like blood um, not good with all the sciencey stuff. So what was it about being a veterinarian, you know, that, that was appealing to you?
1: Uh, I was animal obsessed. That okay. was it. It was just, you know, I had uh, an obscene amount of stuffed animals and all my books were, you know, nonfiction books about animals. Uh, I mean, oh <laughs> yeah, wearing you're wearing a, a
0: world wildlife fun shirt. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, pandas are my favorite animal. Um, but I was, I was definitely, you know, an animal nerd and I could give you scientific names for all the big cats and stuff, you know, it was that kind of,
0: you know, I'm going to ask you for some, like, give me some, show me your knowledge. Or are you just lying to me? <laughs> Cause oh. that's what you do. Do you remember any of the, the big scientific names or some cool facts about any uh, it's animal?
1: Gotta, it's gotta be, well, big cats, you've got Panthera tigris should be tiger panthera uncia uncia should be snow leopard
0: okay i don't know uh, if that's true or not but <laughs>
1: <laughs> someone cross-check these facts um they're old facts now <laughs> panthera leo lion um yeah no i just i loved like endangered animals extinct animals um going to zoos although you know the ethics mm. around zoos are still up in the air of course but um you know, at the time, it was all I, all I was obsessed with, and and art because my family is is a bunch of artists. So I, I grew up painting and drawing and and sculpting. Um,
0: really, okay, yeah. Because often we have people who come on the show. That, like my dad was an engineer and my mom was an accountant, or you know, and like and then I'm I was the black sheep of the family because I pursued art. But you actually were growing up in the bosom of art sorry remember I told you my cats were gonna jump on the table or something (laughs) they are both now on the side on the other side of the table they know we're talking maybe you said they can't hear this but maybe on some level they're like they know you've said the big names of the big cats and they you conjured them anyway so so you grew up with art that so at what point Like, how did you end up as, you know, playing all these liars on TV and stuff? How did how did that happen? At what point did that kind of were you bit by the bug like Spider-Man?
1: I guess it wasn't really until high school, I think around the ninth grade that I started doing improv and made my best friends there. And then I um, did every play and musical at school after that, started doing community theater.
0: What was your first time on set and uh, what did you learn from that?
1: Well, um, you know, after I, I went to theater school and really was pursuing theater primarily, um, right after, right as I was graduating, I signed with my film agency because, I mean, that's ultimately where the work is, and we're in Hollywood North, so you couldn't really deny it, I guess. Um, but uh, that wasn't ever really the path, but mm. it worked out. I, I did a couple commercials. My first. Job was a Hot Pockets commercial in Mexico City. Um,
0: <laughs> wow! Wait, so they, <laughs> they they cast they cast the commercial out of Vancouver, and then flew you to Mexico City. Yeah. For Hot Pockets, I, I need more information. I also need to find this on YouTube. Uh, and it's if I there. can find it, I will pop. <laughs> okay, so look for it in the footnotes uh, for this episode. So tell me, that sounds insane, Kai. Oh,
1: I mean, it's it's not as exciting as like my first time working on a show, you know. But it is kind of a, a wild first booking, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, it would have been 20... I think it was like fall twenty fifteen. Okay. Um, me and four other guys were flown to Mexico City to shoot as like this kind of frat house group of friends in a house, like there you would never know it was Mexico, which is the wildest part. Um, <laughs> and we shot the commercial in English and in Spanish. Um, it was it was a yeah.
0: I have no words. Did you did you eat hot pockets while you were shooting? Yes. You, um, how many buckets. did you eat? Oh, spit bucket. Ew, that sounds disgusting. Yeah, I know it is. It's <laughs> just
1: when it, commercials and food. Um I probably bid into like 40 at least, oh my you know. Gosh. And we were uh, you know those indoor skydiving chambers? hmm Okay, so they had built a fake one. In, uh, in the living room of this house that we were filming in. But of course, it wasn't real. So we were on harnesses. <laughs> it was sure awesome. sure you didn't awesome.
0: hallucinate this or something like this doesn't seem like, did you have like a bad experience eating Hot Pockets? <laughs> and then you just hallucinated this entire bazaar. That sounds amazing. You know, when you
1: ask about my first time on set, yes, Hot Pockets in Mexico City was my first time, but I, I think I would much you know, prefer talking about my experience on High Castle because mm. that was where I was really like learning, you know, as we were going kind yeah. of thing um, because, you know, a, a, an international uh, ad campaign for a frozen food is, you know, sure, it's high stakes, but I think I put a lot of value into, of course, um, man, in High Castle on my first sort of speaking role, so...
0: Yeah. Well, then let's Um, let's let's talk a little bit more about that. Then Um, I, I, I love one of the reasons that I love to ask actors about, you know, their first time on set and their first roles. It's part of it is because of the lessons, you know, that we learn when we're in those situations. But also it's these are moments where, you know, we are it's a career milestone. Right. And we're standing there in that moment. And, and you're, you're acknowledging like, wow, I have made it to this space and you can ask yourself like, what kind of career do I want? You know, what kind of career have I wanted to this point and what kind of career do I want now? You know? Mm. So like, t- t- tell me about like that, you know, that, that man who showed up to man in the high castle, you know, what he wanted and what he got out of that experience.
1: Wow, um I got everything I wanted out of it um to be vague I, I was twenty one I think at the time, yeah. and probably scared more than anything um i my character had to smoke, which I don't Uh-oh. and our our director uh wanted me to light it on camera and i said there's there's just no way I'm gonna make it look real like you know we have to start the scene with the with the cigarette lit um i had squibs on underneath my world war ii japanese military uniform um rigged to go off you know and that was my first so first time with a cigarette first time with squibs on um, squibs
0: to the uninitiated are no, you uh, say.
1: Oh, <laughs> I you were gonna do it. I was gonna say um, no. <laughs> are you
0: scared of talking about what it is because you're scared of blood, Kai? As we established, talking about veterinary stuff.
1: Yeah. Oh no, they're, they're little. <laughs> it's like it's like the smallest legal amount of explosive you can have on a human. Mm-hmm. And there's like a little metal plate and a little, essentially, condom of blood of fake blood, and it's it's rigged <laughs> behind. I am so
0: happy that that you were the one to describe that because uh condom of blood. <laughs> I I love that. I am I'm going to write it down on this piece of paper here and then I'm going to see if I remember a few days from now why I wrote condom little <laughs> condom of blood.
1: Well, little- you know, people don't understand <laughs> condoms are, are on set. You know, our, our mic packs are often bagged in condoms in film and in theater.
0: Oh, I, I didn't yeah. know that we, that you practiced a uh, safe sound. Oh safe God. Sound. That's a dad joke. It's pretty bad. Eh? Okay. No, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but how did, how did, you, did you feel you're standing there with the squibs and, you know, and, and it's a high pressure day and you don't, you got to light your, <laughs> you're wishing mm-hmm. that you had started smoking. D- did you, like, did you feel like you belonged? Did you feel like you were activating something? You know, are you able to kind of like go back to that, to that moment and, and remember, you know, if, if, you, if what you felt about yourself as an actor in that setting?
1: I, I really felt like, you know, on such an expensive set, you know, with, you know, the budget that that show had, I was pretty much all we were covering that day. Mm. You know, like we were just doing my couple scenes and that was the whole day. Um, it was like a, a movie set, really, uh, more than TV. So we had lots of time, lots of extras, and the pressure was on. I was handling um, gun props for the first time as well. Mm. Um, you know, collapsing to the floor, all kinds of major industry people involved. And to answer your question, no, I, I don't think I I felt like I belonged there. Yeah. Um, you know, it was technically very challenging and I was also, um, getting to use my Japanese, which was really awesome, but I was mm-hmm. also doing accented English. It was all kinds of, um, madness that I, I really am so grateful for ultimately, because, you know, even, uh, seven-ish years into the business, I am still doing firsts, but, um, it was great to knock out a bunch of firsts right off the top, so... <laughs>
0: That is yeah. that is absolutely amazing. And, and the fact is, you did it. You know, all these things you'd never done before, you did mm-hmm. it and and you handled it. What do you want now? You know, talked talked about like back at the beginning of your career, you want to get through your day, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't want to get fired or or whatever. You know, what 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 do you want now? What is what does it mean to be a successful actor? at this point?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a success is relative, of course, but Mm -hmm. I I do feel um, proud and successful and, and my family and friends remind me that a lot. And that means the world to me. Mm. Um, And, you know, you can, you can be a series regular on a show and have a bunch of awesome projects under your belt and still feel like just the greenest, you know, (laughs) I, I, I feel so excited to be where I am to keep learning and mm. and the people that I get to work with all the time are so inspiring. So, um, what do I want? Uh, what I've always wanted, which was to be able to pay my bills doing what I love doing. Mm. That was I said that in my audition for theater school through tears. and um to be able to say that I'm doing that is just, you know that's the dream come true. And so I hope to explore more different mediums. I'd love to do um, more features, um, you know, having done quite a bit of TV and I'd love to continue to dabble in all forms of, of art and performance.
0: I love you. You've got your, your hands going like you're some kind of witch, you know, like a <laughs> carrot or something. No, you, you you mentioned the fact that you're, you're English uh, through on your dad's side. And then you mentioned the mm-hmm. fact that you got to use your Japanese on, on High Castle. So mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming that you, like myself, uh, sit in, in having a mixed heritage. Your Your roots are extend to multiple backgrounds and i'm yeah. I, I welcome the opportunity to to talk to to people like us you know who are who mm. are moving through the world uh, especially in a business where people want to put us in boxes and we are not easily put into a box can, can you talk a little bit about your experience as a a mixed heritage actor an actor of mixed heritage mm-hmm. and and how it it shapes you and how we see it present in your work?
1: Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I did have challenges and still have them, you know, about being too Asian or mm. too white, you know, um, and always feeling like you kind of have a foot in two doors and in two pies. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it is that journey of, of, of being enough. You know, we all, we, it's such a thing that everyone says you are enough. Um, so in many ways, it's been an advantage to me. I can play a wide range of of characters because of it. Mm -hmm. And, and so it has been a, an ongoing journey, um, navigating it in, in life and in film. Um, and I, and I love it. I love, I mean, essentially every role that, I play whether it's addressed or not is half Japanese half British because that is what I am mm. um and I was you know looking back kind of lately the the last names of my roles haven't been reflecting my Japanese heritage um and that you know it, I mean I have a British last name so it, <laughs> it doesn't bother me yeah. um and and any chance I get to use my Japanese um I jump at that as well i mean I've, I've used it multiple times um altered carbon as you mentioned men high castle the boys um
0: right. the terror. yeah, yeah. I've, I've
1: used it so it's, it's yeah. been great it's been a great asset and i thank you parents for putting me in japanese school when i was a kid yeah. <laughs>
0: Fantastic! Yeah, my husband is um is Filipino and English, and his last name is Firminger, You know, and and for the longest time, like people, I mean, and I still get that too. People, I'm sure you've had this. What are you like? Literally, you're trying to live your life. Go to get a coffee, walk down the street, and then like, at least in my case, I've had people block the sidewalk because they they demand you know an answer as if me me telling them quote unquote what I am uh, will answer mostly white people as well you know it's a white supremacist it's honestly it's a question that i almost exclusively get from from uh white canadians and it's Mm -hmm. you know it can be very othering but seeing you know, actors like yourself in in roles like, you know, Denny and and Garrett um, and even Nate. It's um, mm-hmm. <laughs> a motherfucker. Uh, you know, it, it's <laughs> it's wonderful to see you like you're you're not sitting around having identity crises. You're having you're having all sorts of different crises on screen, but you're not sitting sitting around, you know, just thinking about what am I and who am I? You're just existing, you know, uh, on mm-hmm. these canvas with everybody else. So I think that there is such a power, you know, in uh, in just being there and doing that work. So hat tip to you.
1: Really hoping to just um, kind of redefine what the all American boy next door looks like. Mm. Um, We've painted a picture of what that is in in most people's minds. And uh, there's no reason that that boy can't look like me. So yeah, there's a, there's a time place for, for both, I think.
0: Yeah. Well, the the fact of the matter is you are a boy, you are next door, you are all (laughs) North American, you know, and, and you, the fact is we exist, we, we exist and we have Mm -hmm. these like, you know, beautiful, flawed, fucked up lives, you know, as dramatic Mm -hmm. as, as anybody else. So it is wonderful to, to, to see, is there, is there anything, Um, Are there any kind of and I I ask this a lot of, you know, uh, people from from communities that are often stereotyped on screen, you know, Uh, Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, the the gangster, the the sex worker, the the doctor, you know, that that's uh, like that can happen for, you know, Asian, South Asian, black people like, you know, often stereotyped. Are there any kind of roles that that you prefer to stay away from? you know, because of, of stereotypes uh, or that you've told your people, your, your team, your people, uh, I, I yeah. don't want to read for that. Or it has, it, it, I will do that, but it has to meet these kind of specifications.
1: I mean, I, I never want to be too, too picky, but um, I do feel like I'm in a place where I'm um, feeling confident enough to express, you know, feelings a- against auditions mm-hmm. Um there was actually a script that came across us a little not too long ago where I I passed on it because it was um, an, an Asian uh, character who was not getting the girls in comparison to his white friend. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an exhausted trope. Um, the talented Asian that can't get the girls, you know, that that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um I don't know if there's a ton of tropes that I have even really come across fortunately. Um, yeah. but I, I do avoid accents as much as I can because I just feel like Asian accents in particular. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that I would rather see an actor with an accent do do that role.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but after seeing Henry Golding in crazy rich Asians, uh, You know, he's also um, mixed ethnicity. I, that was the first time I ever saw, like, a sexy Asian male lead. And that was, you know, I joined the ranks of all the people. In a Western
0: film. In a Western film.
1: Exactly, of course, yes. My (laughs) mistake, yeah, of course.
0: Um, No, not your mistake, but, like, just, uh, I mean, there are so, I mean, it is. it is There are so many sexy Asian leads, but we in Western film and Hollywood films have not had the chance to see them front and center. Right. It's like the, Oh, it's, you could you can be there, but you're the quirky best friend. You can be there, but you can't be the, you know, you, mm-hmm. you're, 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 a supportive ear. Right. So to see Henry Golding being super swoony, you know, as the lead of a, uh, as a romantic lead in a film like that, like that's, yeah, you're right. That was huge.
1: Mm-hmm. It was something that I need to see. A lot of people need to see it. Yeah. And Um, you know, if I can, you know, do that even for anyone, you know, to, to, Mm. to be, to be who I am and to be desired. Um, that's awesome. All right. (laughs) That's what, that's what I have to do a little bit too.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. Okay. So let's, I want to talk about some specific roles. You Mm -hmm. ready? You ready? Okay. I want to talk about Danny, uh, and Virgin river. So, what kind of expectations, or hopes, or fears, you know, did you bring with you to Virgin River? Especially considering y- you're coming on into a show that's already, you know, got that's already rolling, already full steam ahead.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a blessing um, to be a part of a show with with lots of uh, fan base, success, um, support. That is a it's a very comforting uh, comfortable place to be, you mm-hmm. know, to be on on a, a show like that. Um, and also, there is a lot of pressure, but it's hard to allow yourself to sit with that kind of feeling because otherwise it'll just eat you alive. Yeah. Um, so I try not to think about how many people are watching Virgin River. Uh, until after we're done shooting. I yeah, see.
0: millions and millions, right? People <laughs> love Ocean <Virgin laughs> River. It's one of the top shows on Netflix.
1: It's a really great time. I mean, the, the cast is just the best. I am always in stitches. Like, it'll be 7 a.m. in the hair and makeup trailer and it's cackling, so. It's, and you're it's all a cackling,
0: even though you're going to be going and shooting some emotionally devastating scene or something. Um, totally. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit specifically about Denny, though, who, as I say, he and we're going to we're going to touch on a few spoilers here. I'm assuming my listeners are all big Virgin River fans. And if not, go pause, go watch all four seasons. Okay, welcome back. So we're going to do some light spoilers then. Uh, When we first see Denny, we don't know what his deal is you know we see him he's got a you know he kind of uh, finagles his way into doc's life he ends up living you know ab- above like in the clinic and uh, he gets a key he goes into the cabinet to get him to help himself to some uh, clonazepam um you know and uh he takes all these photos of, of medical or of uh, financial records for the clinic we see him at the bank and we're like dog has been through so much, you know? Uh what is what is this young man up to? Um and then we we learn actually, and this is where the spoiler is, and if you don't want it, skip ahead, 30 seconds. Um okay, everybody else is gone. We could talk now. Uh that that, you know, he the reason he he took a photo of all those financial statements was because he wanted to pay off the the mortgage for the the clinic. Uh, and, you know, the reason that he was so mean to Lizzie and why he was taking all the medication um is because he has Huntington's disease, which is, you know, a a very serious uh, said neurological disease, right? i I'm not a. I'm not a doctor and I don't play one on TV, but it's, you know, (laughs) so these are, these were, yeah. So it, is it a neurological disease? You must know. You must know what it is.
1: (laughs) It's a neurodegenerative um, disease. And I've, I've been put in touch with some um, doctors, some specialists who work in conjunction with the show. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's just, it's, it's so intense. Like it's so intense to, yeah So so, so I mean- <laughs> knowing
0: more about what was going on, you know, in Denny's head, like literally, you know when he arrived on the scene, like, do you agree with him and him keeping all these secrets and stuff like and if you if you do agree with him, how do you justify it? And if you don't agree with him, how hard was that to to play you know the the secrecy? like i like to think that honesty is the best policy you know but and he's you know he's trying to get close to people while he's alienating people anyway half of the yelling that i was doing at my tv watching season four <laughs> you know was about like just be honest so i, I can only imagine what that feels like for you
1: Wow, gosh i mean like everything he was doing was honest in a, in a way you know like he he really wants to be there he really is wanting to build these relationships. Um, And I think more than anything, he was lying to himself. Mm. Um, And it's a lot of, it's a lot of inner conflict and everything that he was doing was rooted out of his own insecurity and his own um, challenges with his illness. Mm -hmm. So, and maybe those weren't things or feelings um, that the people around him were going to feel. Like, he, he wasn't able, obviously, to, to read what they would would do um, if they knew. So he was doing what he really thought was the best way to do this and handle it and look at what he wanted, which was a relationship with his grandfather, and he never meant anything maliciously. Um, everything he said was true. It was just that he was uh, so insecure and and worried that he had to hide all the things for himself, you know, to protect the people that he loved around him.
0: Yeah. But do you agree with how he did things?
1: Oh, I mean, who doesn't love a surprise uh, (laughs) clinic gift? (laughs) Um, I mean, he got there, right? He's only 19. He, he, he fessed up at the end. I think
0: We have a lot of empathy and compassion for him, you know, it's like you're, it doesn't sound like you're, you're judging him very harshly. Like, do you, have you, do you judge, do you sit in judgment or have you sat in judgment of any of your characters? Like even Garrett or, or Nate, like if they do something that you don't necessarily, um, that that would is not something that you would do. Like I don't know, love and leave Tally, you know, and then go off with the fiance, and then come back and try to have a threesome. Which honestly, if you have people have not watched Motherland: Fort Salem, pause, go watch all three seasons. Okay, come back. I told you, right? You know, but but like <laughs> so what for you, like as a as an actor, like how do you how do you look at characters when they're in those they've put themselves in those situations?
1: Totally. I mean, I think it's exactly what they always say with villains, which is you can't. You can't judge judge mm. your character. Um, every everything you're doing is makes complete sense to you mm-hmm. and is justified. Um, I mean, in the particular case of of Motherland, I wasn't aware that my character was engaged mm. um, uh, until we got that script. So I was there playing a fun guy, nice guy, boyfriend or love interest, as it were, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, So I was just playing that until I found out there was a coin flip, but yeah.
0: (laughs) 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 and and thus became one of the most memorable characters uh in one of the most memorable situations on motherland fort salem um (laughs) the whole threesome thing was just uh, astounding um okay i have some other denny questions uh things that i've scrawled down while i was watching um denny seems to uh really enjoy active living including water sports and hiking are you as active as denny irl like who is more outdoorsy uh, you or him? Oh,
1: Denny. Denny's more outdoorsy <laughs> than I am. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no spoilers, but there's more, you know, outdoor activity um, coming your way, fans of Virgin River. Ooh. Um, but, uh, no, I, I definitely took up a lot more hiking in my personal life uh, since beginning my journey with Denny. Huh. And I do love – so – I, I, you know, love to run the seawall and 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 hike the Grouse Grind and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of that got me through the pandemic. You know, when we were right. first starting out. Um,
0: I went the other I route. Know. I just, I, I was part of the um, eat sourdough bread, watch Tiger King, stay on my butt uh, school of pandemic practice.
1: Oh, I was absolutely practicing those, that <laughs> okay, theology good. as okay, well. <laughs>
0: um,
1: gluten-free, Brad, but uh, mm, absolutely mm-hmm. Tiger King. Um, <laughs> and I've been known to go to the gym, you know, now and again. Um, but uh, I guess with any role you want to embrace as much as you can, all parts of their life and um, yeah. that you can, that you can, you know, healthily, tangibly take hold of. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, physical, physical activity has been more important to me in recent years.
0: Yeah, Let's talk about Sarah. Um, I'm such a fan of Sarah Dugdale. My listeners know how brilliant and talented and just like fucking so smart she is. Yeah, Working up close with her, working with her as a scene partner. What do you see as the special qualities that she brings to Lizzie?
1: Oh my gosh. I mean, she's just so consistent. It's crazy. Like it's like, you know, she always delivers um, for you, for herself, you know, for everyone. Like she is, she's always just on. And it's, I admire that so much. Um, She's super chill, like super fun to hang out in the cast tents, um, just chatting. And um, yeah, her like vibe is, is really great. Uh you know, she she's she's
0: like reading
1: usually and I always don't want to bother her, but
0: you know, she
1: will always she always <laughs> talk to me if I feel like bugging her, you know.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Well, what about um what have you heard from the fans? You know, has there been anything surprising in in their reaction to Denny and his presence in Virgin River? Uh
1: there's been some funny um dms or, or comments like out in public have happened as well. Um but other than that, you know, you don't really get a gauge exactly of of how people feel about your character. Mm-hmm. I mean, generally, people weren't very trusting, of course, as as you were kind of feeling those things too. Um, <laughs> when i was I was on Bowen Island uh, with my family having dinner on a patio. and uh, these ladies walked by. And, and when yelled, you're a bad boy. I thought you were a bad boy. <laughs> and my, you know, like my family's just getting used to yeah. uh, uh, people, you know, recognizing me, which That's is so I'm funny. also getting used to. It's a very strange experience. Um
0: what I love they about love that me. story too though is like Bowen Island has such a similar vibe to Virgin River, like the same kind of like town vibe and stuff. You know, so you basically yeah. visited like an equivalent of Virgin River and they judged you. Totally. I mean, yeah. I think they were
1: from they said they were from Squamish, um, which is of course where we film a lot of Virgin River. Wow,
0: that's hilarious. And
1: so I said, Oh, you know, we love we love shooting in your city. Like <laughs> um yeah, it was I'm nice. I they... just
0: play a bad boy on TV in multiple <laughs> projects.
1: <laughs> no, I gotta, I gotta run to Denny's defense more. He is not a bad boy, so well
0: you know. i don't know we'll see how oh. season five goes i don't know i think we all we have will. the because the, that we all have the potential to have monsters inside of all of us and that i i don't know anything about season five that's just my way of trying to segue to the imperfect let's talk about monsters um mm. where, where do you stand on monsters who are some of your favorite monsters oh i and you so can't boring. say king kong because that's okay, what Dennis just, said. And I know you yeah, listened yeah. to his episode, De- the Dennis Eaton episode, because it all started for him with, with King Kong. That's his monster.
1: Well, this is so boring, but I'm, I'm not a monster person. I, I don't, you know, I, I get scared easily and I haven't watched a, a, the canon of, of monster movies that I I probably should. Um
0: you're scared of monsters. That's not boring. That's adorable. Well, <laughs> like we are entering spooky season, right? So horror movies, that's not a you thing.
1: Well, no, horror. I can't really do horror movies. I've been like dabbling into thrillers a little bit more and I love some true crime, mm. but um, I don't know. <laughs> I can get really like, I don't know, like Jordan Peele level I can do. Like uh, really? I just saw um, Nope no in theaters, you know, a little while ago. And I, I can do that, you know, uh, stressful
0: yeah. D-box,
1: you know, turned all the way up, you know.
0: I love those I D-box seats. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but I I don't know. Um, I guess I've always, you know, this ties back into the animals thing is I've always had a love for like the mythological creatures, mm-hmm. maybe less so monsters, but things like our ogopogo or yeah. Sasquatch or Yeti or something, you know, like I. or
0: a chupacabra.
1: Yes, mm. exactly. Yeah. Um. So well, I don't choopy. know. I
0: haven't.
1: Chupi. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and that what, what a whole uh, awesome time it was working with them, and, and that that was actually my second time working with Rihanna Jagpal because she was, of course, in Motherland as right. my fiance. And then we got to revisit, uh, I guess, uh, Hillary saints revenge happened in a different universe.
0: <laughs> Whoa. That's, that's an incredible tie in. Um, yeah. so, so tell me then, you know, considering that you're kind of scared of monsters, even though you love Chupi. um, what were, so, what, when you look back at the experience of working on the imperfects, what are some of the memorable moments that come to mind?
1: Well, um, I'll start with the prosthetics experience with, with Nate turning into the beast. Um, That was another, you know, milestone check, big check Mark for a first. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a really difficult process
0: and it is fascinating. Um, What what are the steps in the process?
1: So after the, the monster had been designed, you know, you, you get the concept art and stuff. I went in, um my my face was fully cast we did like a full head cast
0: oh i'd hate that i feel like i'd hate that like because i i get really (laughs) claustrophobic like even if i go to have a fancy face wash at the spa like even that can like you know make me feel like i'm suffocating you know so okay so that would be hor a horrific experience for me was was it that kind of casting your face yes well i mean i
1: was doing okay uh 45 minutes
0: no i think nope 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 that's a horror that's was... horrific that's my nightmare
1: <laughs> they let me paint you the picture because also um dennis wanted me to have a snarl like just inherently so it's
0: fucking heating. that sounds like oh him.
1: it was it was so awesome <laughs> um they had to tape and glue my lips like back onto themselves um I'm trying to paint you a picture. And, and so that was all taped down. Then they did the full mold. And when, when the foam is expanding, usually your mouth gets to be closed for that. But my mouth was taped open for that whole experience. Um, So it was, it was a challenge. What a weird
0: job you guys have. What a crazy, (laughs) weird occupation wow yeah. that's yeah. that is that is bonkers and what so, so when they, they, is yeah, it they... challenging to take it off like do they lift it off like i i don't know why i'm so fascinated but it's just it sounds insane it's
1: I kind of like peel suctions off of your face um and then you're all oily because they have to use all the oils to get get you out of it and then they scan your arms because they made this really cool claw glove And then you get to set and then they have, you know, all these tests. And we had, you know, two wonderful artists, um, working on me for like almost four hours every time, uh, really early call every time.
0: So it was, it it was more than one day that you were in the prosthetics.
1: Yeah. I think we did like two tests and maybe four days shooting it. Yeah yeah it was it was really um awesome and i wouldn't say i would rush uh to do another prosthetic role but you know i would i would absolutely do it again um
0: how did that impact your performance you know to have the the prosthetics on was that a help or a hindrance
1: It helps a lot because uh, you see yourself in the mirror and you don't have to do a lot of work. You know, it's not like you're in a green screen suit doing uh, something that's going to be animated later. Mm -hmm. Uh, Practicals are always so great. Um, I also had like this big red contact lens in. So I was really in the claw. I was really feeling it. I think the, what I learned out of that experience was essentially you're wearing a rubber mask, a mm. latex mask. And so you're having to work a little bit harder on the inside to convey through the rubber. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah. Uh, every- I mean, I don't know you how
0: could- you would do that, but yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's gotta be a lot in your eyes and I guess the rest of your physicality uh, Yeah, as well. and every
1: like micro movement of your face, uh, is picked up by the camera, Mm -hmm. but when it's covered entirely, you, I don't want to say overact, but you kind of need to account for the mask that you're wearing essentially. Right. um, Yeah. It's
0: like when you're doing theater and you have to speak to the last row, right. When you're doing a panto, it's the same kind of, yeah. We're working with, with what you have and what you have to do. Um, that's, uh, that sounds, oh, the fucking cat is on the table again. Oh, now she's just (laughs) sitting behind the computer and the other one is running. Oh my gosh. I'm in a madhouse today. Seriously. I think that you conjured them. You did something that kind of spooked them. Um, Uh What, what is a Kai Bradbury rule? Like what needs to be present in a character to get you really excited?
1: Apparently, nice guy turned bad guy needs to be part of the storyline. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. I I love that my job is a storyteller, and so I I'll t- I'll I'll tell a lot of stories. Yeah. Um, I I can't say that there's there's anything I'm really really looking for. Um, but maybe it's it's got to be uh, something that excites me and I don't even know if that's something that I can really peg down. Mm -hmm. It's just often I'll read a breakdown for a role. I'll read a script and I'll go, oh, this, like, this is a good fit. This excites me. Um, this is going to be challenging. And maybe that's what I'm looking for is like a little bit of a, like a a challenge, you know, what, what is it that I'm going to have to learn from this role? Um, once I get my head around, oh, okay, well, I can bring this to life. I can see myself doing this.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and and a lot of my credits are super fun, supernaturally other alternate history, otherworldly. And so when Virgin River came along, it was actually the best thing. It was so perfect. Um, because I was itching to do Slice of Life and um really dig down deep into just just a real person dealing with real relatable human experience yeah Um, and so that was really refreshing
0: yeah I mean in a lot of ways humans are the real monsters I mean we see that (gasps) in the imperfects right hey see I I could tie it all together oh yeah (laughs) okay you want to play some favorite things
1: heck yeah let's do it
0: so not really a game. I mean, I, I say it's a game. It's not really a game. I'm basically going to ask you what your favorite thing is of a thing, and then you tell me. But the key... do you want an
1: explanation or do you want just a, a an answer?
0: It depends how I feel. I mean, I okay. like well, like I may I may be like, tell me more, you know, or uh, no, we're going to just move on from that because you made me feel <coughs> awkward, you know. So we'll 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 just see how I feel. I, I don't know. Okay. Oh, and I, I right. use a different voice, so. <clears throat> bring it on, bring it on. Okay. I don't know why I was taking such a the dramatic pause, then it just went on a little too long, and then it got awkward. Okay, sorry. I'm
1: a fan. I like that. Yeah.
0: Favorite activity to do in your trailer?
1: <laughs> well, it's usually eat. It's usually oh. eat, but... um. Uh last season I brought my Nintendo Switch to my trailer and so um there was on occasion not not all the time but sometimes Sarah and I and, and Grayson would play a little Mario Kart
0: Mario Kart okay I was going to ask you if you were mm-hmm. attending to your Animal Crossing Island
1: <laughs> <laughs> I surprisingly don't have one so you know we're working.
0: Okay, hey, well it. now I'm just judging you. Okay? You seem like you you'd have a really great you you I I could see you having a really nice island, you know, and then okay. inviting villagers and stuff. You know, let's let's circle back to that, you know, when you when you come back in a couple of years and we'll we'll see, you know, how you're doing. Yeah. Favorite karaoke song.
1: <sighs> just haven't met you yet, Michael Bublé.
0: Ah! <laughs> when was the last time you you sang that?
1: Oh, I don't know. Like it's 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 like a go to pop song for me. Um, but I guess the last time I, I did karaoke was with my sisters, and we probably did a bunch of Disney duets. I think that's that's oh, also the go to.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Are you yeah. a were you a Disney kid? And are you a Disney adult?
1: No. Oh. I, I do not, I do not identify with that. But I, I did go to. Uh...
0: I love how seriously you said it. You know, it's like I was asking you, like, what religion you are. Like, I do not identify with that. Okay, okay. Woo! Didn't know it was a sensitive topic, Kai. No,
1: no, I, I don't. No, I don't mean to judge any uh, the, the Disney adults identifying. Mm-hmm,
0: uh, mm-hmm. But
1: I. I don't know, I guess I didn't really grow up with any of the Disney classics. There's many that I actually haven't seen to this day. So, um, yeah, it was never uh, intrinsically involved in my upbringing.
0: Mm. You know what I love about uh, your answers and also like just this whole segment is just how much I'm learning. Like I'm really getting the deep insight now. We're really getting to the heart of the matter now. (laughs) (laughs) okay another important question coming up you see these cats are don't even think about it oh no you not not you the cat who's like am i going to run across the computer no i'm so happy to get back into my studio after our office moves uh because this this is a bit of a nightmare okay it's very chaotic okay (laughs) favorite midnight snack
1: oh no this is going to make it s- like, OK, okay. you want to learn something about me?
0: That's literally the whole <laughs> point of this podcast, Kai. <laughs> OK,
1: Sabrina. It's a um, safe
0: space. It's a safe space. Come on.
1: It's it's rainbow carrots and hummus.
0: I love that. What? Rainbow carrots. Yeah. You know, like yeah, so- like, you know.
1: Like nice, I'm like getting, heirloom, yeah,
0: heirloom yeah, carrots. Yeah. yeah, like an heirloom I tomato. Have, I've, yeah. I've always
1: got like a little bag of um, baby carrots that are purple and yellow and orange. And hummus, yeah. And but yeah. I I don't know, I, I, I expected a lot of judgment because yeah. a lot of my <laughs> friends make fun of me because you'll catch me um, with a green juice in hand at all times or like yeah. a kombucha Um I'm not ashamed of my embracing for the, the food trends, the health trends. I oh, you think board. that I'm
0: judging you because you weren't like, my midnight snack is I'm going to eat some like, you know, flaming hot Cheetos, you know, dipped yeah. in Nutella or something. Correct. No, well, now I'm like, why are you judging me thinking that? No, I I love um I love hummus. I love saying hummus because that's the actual way that you're supposed to say hummus. Um mm-hmm. I've actually gotten into some things with on Twitter, uh with people including Mark where we Mark uh Ganimay, uh yeah. Gamine. Oh my god, Mark, I'm so sorry. Listen, I know we've met and everything, but I just I read your name. I'm just not used to saying it out loud. But anyway, where people will say, oh, we love dessert hummus. We love red velvet hummus. And we're like, that's not hummus. It's not hummus. Has to be super, super garlicky and and just tahini. And you need to be able to keep the vampires away after you eat it.
1: I like some dark chocolate, but I I, that's also like a health. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no, it's very like I don't really have uh, like processed a lot of processed sugar in my my house. Um, I have like date, you know those like uh, date rolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are really sweet. Yeah, those are like my dessert.
0: That's your sugar. That's your sugar. Yeah. That's fine. No judgment at all. <laughs> I, like, I, I can't vouch start- for listeners; they're probably being like, "Oh wow, he's not like eating like sweet tarts or nerds or whatever." But you know, we still, you know, I I would think, okay, this this is a question then. Mm-hmm. What do you think would be Denny's favorite midnight snack? And oh. you can't say clonazepam because I just made that joke. <laughs>
1: uh denny well denny eats a lot He he's expending a lot of uh energy so he's getting a lot of carbs mm. um and he likes to cook so maybe it's something fancy um but you know he's still a teenage boy i don't know it's well it's whatever he's not doing the grocery shopping for for mm. doc and hope's house so it's whatever's available so maybe it's more dates no um,
0: <laughs> you know what i think it is and i'm going full circle OK, hot pockets.
1: OK, sure. I mean, Denny's pretty concerned about his health, but
0: sure. Thank sure. you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. When do you have what the fuck? This is actually my life moments. And I don't mean what the fuck? This is my life. But more like what the fuck? This is actually my life. You know, when did this happen for you in your career?
1: um on I mean this is just like broken record and I'm sure all your guests have said the same which is just like every time I'm on set you know with with people who have a lot had... of them
0: do say that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah
1: um I have been so lucky uh to work with some really amazing um you know greats in in the American film industry that have you know, 50 year long careers plus, you know, like just um, Tim Matheson and Annette O'Toole who play my grandparents on oh, Virgin man. River are just like legendary and um, such a gift to to work off of, you know, you just learn by osmosis because you're, you're in, you're getting to do scene work with them. It's, it's such a pleasure. And also I think a, big what the fuck moment was working with George Takei on, uh, on the terror on the infamy.
0: Terror. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. That was, I mean, for him to be such, such an icon and like, I don't know. It, it's like anyone's dream, like Japanese American legend, you know, um, that was a major WTF moment. Um, yeah. You know, and at at his age, you know, still got it. The lines, they're there. He, they had him wielding this prop axe. We were out in the cold; it was freezing.
0: Mm.
1: Um, and just so much grace, so much patience, um, and so many wonderful stories to share. Mm. I think that's my favorite thing to do is is um, pick older actors' brains uh, whenever I can to get yeah. some stories out of them, you
0: know. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, you're going to come back, right? You'll come back and do the pod uh, love and to. after season 5 drops, you know, cuz and and I've had a chance to to sit there and yell at my TV while I'm watching <laughs> you make all these bad decisions. I don't know. I mean, that's that's the joy is in watching characters make bad decisions, right? Like, "Oh, I can't believe they did that." Um, yeah, I would love to love to have you come back and um, maybe we'll get you and Sarah and you can come on and do an episode together. I think that would be uh, that would be so much fun. Kai, Bradbury, where can our listeners find you, follow you, celebrate you on social media? Not in real life. Damn, if you see him on Bowen Island or wherever, you know, just uh, (laughs) yell from a respectful distance, you know, don't follow him (laughs) on that or anything. That was very creepy. I
1: appreciate that. No, it wasn't creepy. It was kind. It was kind. No,
0: it's creepy um, if people show up at your door and like you know don't oh, respect your space, right? Like you know, absolutely. Yeah. Yes,
1: that that is something. The the drawing the line between character and human being. Yeah. Uh, is that's that's a little gray for some people. Yeah. Let me tell you.
0: Oh um, yeah, the, our care our characters from our stories are very much alive for us, right? You know, but but uh, yeah. you know, you are a you are a human being. You are not Nate.
1: So this is true. I yeah. get it. That sometimes that's the only time they've spent with me is watching me do terrible things on television. And, you know, I, I get it. Yeah. Uh, but you can you can find me at Kaibury K-A-I-B-U-R-Y on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and that's pretty much all I do for social media.
0: Yeah. No TikTok either, huh?
1: I technically have one, but it is uh, not active.
0: You know what? It's (laughs) amazing to me how many people have come on this here podcast and said, I technically have one and I don't use it. Um, So I I wonder how many and I love that it's all actors, too, because you all are performers, right, who are comfortable in front of screens. And yet the bulk of you are lurkers. But I have to say, Jewel State was a lurker. And then I convinced her on this year podcast to activate and like to really, you know, embrace the TikTok. And she is an amazing TikToker. So I feel like the same could be possible for you. And I think that you could really subvert, um, you know, the whole um, good guy, bad guy, you know, ideas that people have about you. Right. You know, if they get to see <laughs> who you really are. I don't Maybe.
1: Know. Yeah. I mean, Jewel State, she is great. I would also love to see her do of TikToks as Abigail Bianchi because um, because I mean, you know, but Jules enough. She's she's uh, she's what we really want to see. But
0: yeah, I I mean, I would love to follow. I mean, all of the characters, all of the like the siblings and also the Harry, I would love to see what their TikTok accounts would be. okay I'm going to actually once I'm done here, I'm going to pop off uh, an email to uh, the show publicist and be like, hey, you know, a great way you know, to uh, promote the show would be we want to see Harry and Abigail's, uh, you know, and Daniel's accounts, TikTok accounts, you know, I mean, wouldn't that be great? I think that'd be great. All right. I could think we could talk all day. And um, thank you for being here. Appreciate you very much. Thank you
1: so much, Sabrina.
0: I would also like to um, extend thank you to my cats uh, for being complete and total assholes for this entire episode. And hopefully it doesn't all make all the sounds that they were making doesn't make it into the final episode. And <laughs> and if they don't, it's because of my editor, Simon Furminger. Okay, like, subscribe, leave us a review if you are so inclined to help us find even more listeners and we can keep having rad conversations like the one that we had today find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com follow us on twitter and facebook and instagram at yvr screen scene and or at Sabrina Armph. yvr screen scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by me sabrina ronnie mara firminger i am the only one to blame and it's edited by simon firminger special thanks to mariana firminger for recording our patreon ad to Paul Furminger for technical support, and to Dane not furminger devil for the original music, Web Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! Hey filmmakers! Did you know that you can hire top quality, experienced, and professional actors for your films? If you're producing a student film for course credits, working on a web series, a short or a feature film, you can afford to have some of the best talent in the business in your production. How, you ask? Well, UBCP Actor has an ultra-low budget program, which offers a range of options that cover everything from student films to productions with a $300,000 budget. There is a ULB program that will meet your needs, regardless of your budget. To learn more, visit ubcpactra.ca and look for ultra-low budget programs, or email ulbprogram at ubcpactra.ca. Now is the time to jumpstart your dream for the screen.